I think it's also beyond just trusting your guts. I think it's also being okay with possible failure. But fear is the biggest thing. It's the biggest factor, I think, that holds a lot of us back. This is the We Create podcast. We Create is all about creating a life filled with passion and a quest for purpose and happiness. These episodes are filled with stories of fellow creatives, and we're super excited to give you a glimpse into their lives. I'm your host, Nichelle, and welcome to another episode. So ironically enough, um, we are in a professional studio and I'm recording on my phone, which I think is great and that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about using what you've got, following your gut and just making it work. Yes, YOLO. So I am about to leave Cape Town and I thought I would love to catch up with Nasipo. We come a long way. Very big part of your story that stuck with me was you studied, yeah, and then you started working, and then you walked out, yeah, and you guys went, and I say you guys because it was a group of you, yeah. My friend Travis uh, approached me with a really wacky idea to say, "Hey, I've got this opportunity," and someone's approached me, and I think we were thinking of starting an events business. I was like, cool, yeah, let's do that. Let's just try that out and see how it goes. We started that, it wasn't really working. We started our company, but whilst we were doing that, we were working on other people's sets and we were learning. So we started our company straight out of school, but we were always kind of needing to work for other people. We needed that crutch. And then what happened eventually is that the the, the working every now and then became, we are now working for other people. We were employees. and, and and the security that comes with being an employee, you get a salary. And yep. then I started kind of changing my life according to my salary. And I had a place and all these things. And then there was a, and, and but we'd always known, always known from the moment we started our company that this pursuit of ours was going to eventually have to take, you know, center stage. It was going to have to eventually be the thing that we sacrificed everything else for. Um, that's the t- that's the why the reason we even called it gambit, you know, mm. um, and so for for that reason, I, I guess it wasn't that difficult for me to to leave eventually the you know the job that I had. Um, what I knew when we entered the workplace was we started a business. We were artists, but we realized we didn't have an understanding of the full industry of how to run a business. Um, and what we gained from working for others was that knowledge, but. Perhaps what's different in our story is even as I was going and working for, for, for others and learning a lot, and I've learned a lot, I mean, even in doing that, though, I always knew the end goal. Personally, I always knew that the end game was to go and do my own thing, have my own company, have our own vision, leave our own legacy behind. But the problem with that is I just stayed a little bit longer than I was supposed to in, in the employment of someone right. else because it gets comfortable. Looking back, and I, I, I don't believe in regret. Yeah. But let's put that on the table. Would you have, how do you feel about that staying on a little bit longer? Would you have wanted to leave earlier? Or do you think there were lessons that you still needed to learn? Look, for me, I think, I think staying a little bit longer ultimately was probably a good thing. Um, because it also means that by the time I left, there were no burnt bridges. 
by the time I left, there was, and that's why I'm able to have, be like have a really great partnership with my former mm. employers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think for those reasons, for me, I don't believe in regret, like you said. Mm. I do believe everything is timing. Everything is 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 waiting it out. At the time, I was incredibly impatient. Yeah. But impatience can be confused at times for timing for the right time sometimes your impatience is just telling you get ready it's almost time it's not saying now wow that's beautiful and it's and and true. i think that's what it was for me i was getting impatient so that i would want to leave as opposed to i must leave now i think relationships are are the key it's particularly in what i do but i think in everything i think if you if you're not aware that you are working with people and people are people so mm. people will remember things people will if people like you they'll be in your corner they'll fight for you yeah. and for me i think that's the biggest blessing i've had in that even as i was pursuing my dream i had the support of my partners but i also had the support of those who had a lot of experience who decided to almost mentor unofficially because they they saw a person that was a nice person to be around a fun person to be around, a person yeah. who works hard, a person who takes pride in the work, a person who treats others like people, who's not merely here to kind of clock in and clock out or whatever. So for me, relationships are everything. And I think even when I think about, you know, who I look to work with in future, I'm always looking at who do I like? And then I go, great, now are they good at what they do yeah. as well? But if I like you, it's so much easier to think about spending time with you. Of course. You know? So, so. I understand pressure. Pressure can get to you. And I'm not talking about being so nice that nothing is getting done. I think it's just more about always acknowledging that you're sitting across from or standing across or talking to another human being who also has desires and dreams and also had a bad day or a great day. Everything. I know the, the idea is that you can switch on and off like now I'm at work and then now I'm at home. It's not that simple. Mm. You do bring a bit of everything into your life. And I think if you acknowledge that in how you interact with people, it just it just creates a much more pleasant working environment. And and everything, every opportunity I've ever had was because someone who knew me pushed for me. Someone who knew me recommended me. Um so I've seen you a little bit more on social media. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about that? How do you feel? Yeah, it started off with someone saying to me, You need to build your uh online profile because you don't have one and you're gonna be making pushing your film soon and people are gonna wanna know about you and you have to put stuff out there. So I resisted it for a while. I started posting stuff but I was keeping everything in like on a private account. Um and then ultimately, a few publications said, listen, we want to post on you, but we're not going to do this. We want to talk about your work, but we're not going to do it if when people try to follow you, they find a private account, so you need to open it up. So it was really, it's been, it was weird because then I had to think about, well, what do I post? What don't I post? So now um, I post a little bit less about family and a lot more about work and fun, and, but then also like I'm on this hiking trip, which is good. So I'm enjoying it, but I'm also so aware of the image that people have of me now. So even my friends, even my friends, which is so strange because I think, oh my God, you know me. But even my friends will be like, oh, are you in the country? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, we thought you were wherever. I'm like, no. I posted about being somewhere because that did happen at some stage. But it's not like I'm never here, but it's the illusion that social media creates, which is good for 
but it's good for pushing your work. Yeah. It just creates this weird dynamic in your intimate relationships. And it's very interesting because I think often people don't read. So they really are visual creatures. Yeah. They don't read that you've said you were there last week. Yes. They just saw the picture and they think yeah. you're there right now. If I'm like if I'm like a throwback to whatever, it's like it's a throwback. <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> I want to ask you about the best investment you've ever done in your life, either time or money. That like what like an investment that you go, I'm glad I did that. Sure. Okay. Um, it's going to sound a bit lofty because it's it's not a, a thing. I didn't invest in a thing. Um, I think the best investment I've ever made was an investment into my family, in time with my family. Is it's especially in the last three years has really grounded me and i think no one can ground you more than your family because they will see the best in you but they'll also see the worst in you and they'll tell you very easily and 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 it's very easy at this point in time for me to have a really exaggerated and inflated idea of who i am it could be very easy but i don't have room to do that my family is rude (laughs) <laughs> they are very rude. They are incredibly rude, and it's it's in, but it's also amazing to see how in them in, in me investing in them, they invest in me, and then in themselves. So when when so in how I've been chasing the dream and in working, but sharing making that a shared uh, journey with my family and and make and knowing that I needed them to be a part mm. of that, it's been amazing to see how it's liberated other members of my family to chase their dream. So where my one cousin was kind of uh, working for her dad at some stage and pushing that and she's still doing that, she was always afraid to chase her dream of being a fashion designer. And then she decided like two years ago or three years ago to go, I'm going to do this. She opened it up in my grandma's garage and she's blown up. She's dressing celebrities. She's doing amazing things. She's dressing you because I've really noticed you've got a fantastic wardrobe. Ah, thank you. She's not dressing me. I've tried. She's she too sh- expensive. I oh. can't I can't afford her. Oh, no family discounts. No, I've tried the family discounts. It's the one that is still too expensive. <laughs> so you can imagine what she's charging. No, she must dress the celebs. It's fine. Um, but she, she's doing brilliantly. My brother is now like he's, you know, he's, pushing his dream for sports but also he's saying I've always loved music and he's going into it and he's and he's working hard for it and I think it's incredible to see how when we're investing in ourselves but with people we love as part of that journey it it kind of creates this domino effect where everyone else starts doing things that they love and suddenly you have a family of people who've always been creative but always kind of chose security and now they're like screw it we're dreamers do you still write? Do I still write? Yes. Every, every day? Um, I've actually never been a person who wrote every day. I should. I'm <laughs> supposed to. All of the studies say I should. <laughs> but I, I don't find that that's how I work. I find that I work incrementally. So I'll kind of go, I might be working on something and working on something for me can look like nothing until suddenly it's something and then I don't stop and I just keep going and I'll go and I'll go and you'll lose me, I disappear. So that's the way I work. I do still write. Um, I just came out of two out of two weeks of really intense pitches, which I was working on, which is a form of writing because it's the beginnings of the idea. Um, and that was intense of like almost no sleep and working. And then now I'm kind of trying to recover before I get into the next thing. 
So I do write and I find that writing is such a personal journey that you have to you have to figure out what works for you. Some of my colleagues are much quicker and they'll just keep going and I'm not like that. I I things stir in my subconscious whilst I'm making my food, whilst I'm walking somewhere, whilst mm. I'm, and eventually it's something that makes sense and then I just go. You don't necessarily have daily deadlines anymore. I know we worked in advertising yeah. together a little bit, so that's like really quick turnaround times. Yeah. Do you still have certain deadlines that you struggle with um, or need to deal with? For sure. I, I definitely have deadlines. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I definitely have deadlines. But they're a little bit more flexible than they used to be as well. And I think I've also reached a point where I would much rather deal with quality rather than I'm meeting a deadline because I think I'm of the belief that the work I'm doing now as a writer, I'm not I'm not an employed writer on like some contract, right? Everything I'm writing is for me to eventually make myself and be happy with it. So if it's something that I'm not going to be happy with, but you got it on time, what is the point really? Because then you're going to also get a film that I'm not happy with, but you got it on time and then ultimately won't do anything. So it's this, it's this line of walking between, I can't just ignore a deadline, the deadline is there, but also not making myself um, a prisoner or a slave to that. First of all, also respecting my body. I went through, this year was really hectic and it took a toll on my health in a big way. And, and, and I think part of what I'm talking about now is me having to teach myself how to balance deadlines, work, busyness, what people need from me. And then also what, am I, what is my body saying? What mm-hmm. am I hearing? Is my, am I struggling to do this work because I actually just need to rest? So that when I'm actually rested, I can just get to it and do it quickly. Or or do I just keep pushing and keep pushing? But I'm really, it becomes generic because I'm not in any way creative because I am so tired. So yes, there's deadlines and yes, you have to meet them as much as you can. But it's, it's I'm in a unique position in that I work for myself. And therefore the things I'm generating are for myself. If I were under contract, it would yep. be a completely different issue because a deadline's a deadline. And I take it you also have a team, so it's not, you don't rely only on you, for the bigger yeah. picture, for the business. Yeah. There, there are other people and you've put them in place and I yeah. know you've worked hard to get them in place. Yeah. And I think in terms of the team, we all have our strengths. We know who has what strength and therefore we can lean on those things for, for, for pushing the business forward. Um, so, so for example, we, we workshop everything together. Every script is never going to be solely on me. So when I do hit a stumbling block, I am also able to go to my team and say, listen, guys, I need a workshop. Even just today, we, we kind of got some notes for a pitch that we were doing. We'd all workshopped it. They went off and worked on it, wrote it. We gave notes. They were Now we've gotten other notes from an external factor. Then it was a matter of, do you need a workshop or are you going to be fine? Shall we discuss quickly or do you want to work on it? Give it back to us and then we workshop from there. So it helps the process to move faster. And I also think it strengthens the work um, over a shorter period of time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued because you refer a lot to us and we and the team. It doesn't come from anywhere. How do you, how do you keep that collaboration so positive and so supportive especially you're a group of creatives yeah. it doesn't it doesn't just happen i'm very intrigued it doesn't just happen um i wish i knew I, I have never really taken the time to think about how it is except for the fact that again it came down to the people we picked to be on each other's team so 
we knew that we liked each other, we respect one another, but we also know that we think in very different ways. But we respect the ways in which we are different. So when we are sitting together and we throw an idea out, when it comes, when people have feedback, when people are giving you notes, when people are telling you this isn't good, there's a respect with which you take that. Uh, First of all, with which it's given, I'm not going to kind of, you know, I don't bash you. I talk about the work itself. How can we change it? Um, It's constructive. But then from my side, receiving that as well, it's because I know you and because I know that you're coming only with love and that actually you're really good at what you do. I take the time to listen to what you have to say. Um, And then I have to choose whether I agree with it or I don't. But either way, I've listened to it. It takes putting away your ego. Mm-hmm. I think as a creative, you might want to have that. But I think what we were fortunate enough to do, and I don't think it was an accident, we chose each other because we were people who, even though we believe in ourselves, arrogance, our arrogance is not so unhealthy that we can't afford to hear what other people have to say. We always want to hear what other people have to say. You've got to believe, you've got to be able to, because you've got to be able to back your own work. You've got to be able to back your own ideas. Otherwise, you're just going to be flailing in the wind. Whatever anyone says, you go with. Yeah. But you can't be so set in your own ways that when someone else is looking at it objectively, you kind of, you know, you're not, fine artists have the privilege of being able to create whatever they want and put it up there and people will either like it or they don't. Unfortunately, as much as I'm an artist, I'm also in a business. Yeah. I'm trying to, I need an audience. And therefore, we have to hear what the audience is saying. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the red carpet. You've been on a few. Okay, yeah. It's weird. Um... It's, it's especially weird. It's probably less weird for an actor. I'm not an actor, so it's really weird for me because I... There's, the truth of the matter is you also are very aware of what you look like and what you have to be doing and you know what I mean? So like suddenly you're aware of what your body must do. When do they train you? Do you get like a briefing before? I don't. I didn't get any training. So maybe people do. I don't know. Okay. But I certainly got no training for, for that, which is probably why my red carpet, the red, pic- carpet. <laughs> the red carpet pictures don't look very nice at all. But it's also... I mean, look, it's not... For an actor, it's part of... They, the film is sold on their image, you know, that you that's what the audience is looking for. No one cares about a director. So the red carpet is a weird experience. I think perhaps because I'm a, a woman, I've felt pressure, not because someone else has put pressure on me, because I've mm. seen lots of directors who just do whatever the hell they want on a red carpet. I think I've somehow put pressure on myself that I want to be a certain way, sure. which is weird because I'm not like that in any other moment in my life. So... Yeah, it's it's a very strange experience. And it's also one of those things where you walk. You know, I don't know how actors do it. You walk and then they tell you stop. And then you have to look at each person. And then you go and then the other one says, no, come back, look at me. I'm just like, what is this? I'm just trying to walk from A to B. It's very strange. And I'm and glad. And it takes long. <laughs> it takes long and it just doesn't make sense. And you know what? I'm glad it's not my job, actually. Great. Well, you looked fantastic. I, yes. did, I mean, I know you, Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. And, I I wondered if I had to Google you before just to get an update. I'm like, I am got no, I, I won't be intimidated, but it's been fantastic to see what you've done, and Thank I'm you. so excited. You've been photographed by Getty. I know. <laughs> what? It was cool. It was cool. It was very cool. 
but but even that, Nichelle, the idea of it is very different to the reality of it because it wasn't as big a deal as what one would assume it is. It's one of those things where, because first of all, we had a, a publicist for the film in the States, and which was good for the, the film and the business is how we've kind of garnered what we needed to do. But actually what happens is when you go to these festivals and you go to South by Southwest, if you've got a film there and you're going to be in attendance, part of what Getty does is they want to take pictures of everyone. But when you post that, people's assumptions like, oh my gosh, Getty was interested in you. It's like, no, Getty just was doing their job. That's just what they do with everyone. And I think you look lovely. Thank so you. It, was, it was fun. I saw it when you posted it on Facebook, but it was fine just a, a, a bit of preparation work to see it again. I'm like, oh. Thank you. Yeah, you look gorgeous. Thank you very much. Okay, so let's get a little bit to a fun bit. Yeah. So you can either answer whichever one you choose or if you want to explain it. Yeah. Burger or pizza? Ooh, burger. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Cinderella or Jack and the Beanstalk? Oh my gosh. Oh my word, Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay, I've got to ask why. I don't know, because Cinderella, no. So Cinderella, right? Yeah, Cinderella's like, oh. And practical shoes. And feeling sorry for herself. I mean, shame, she was going through a rough time, let's face it. But, you know, I guess I wouldn't deal with it. But my goodness, the glass shoes, why even wearing glass shoes? They're not practical. Yeah, and I mean, Jack just kind of made a plan. Yeah, I mean, he was also a little sneaky bugger. He was a thief, let's be honest. (laughs) He deserved to be chased by that giant. Fashion or music? Music. So on that note, do you have any recommendations for local music, um, sure. books? Or? So I'm a huge fan of uh, Jeremy Loops, huge fan of my brother, Ufeze Gile. He's got, he's got one track on iTunes at the moment, but a bunch of sound, on SoundCloud. Um, I'm a fan of Youngster. He's kind of like a guy that I, he does hip hop, but like I've kind of been paying attention to him lately. Really, really good. Questa, huge fan of. Um, I could go on. Uh, Naima K is a Durban uh, beautiful vocalist. There's a young girl. Her name is Lysandra. She's on the rise. Um, incredible. She's 15. Mm-hmm. The most incredible voice. Just stunning. She sounds like a woman. Um, yeah, those are my faves on the local scene at the moment, but I'm sure there's others that I can't think of right now. So I'm going to add it in the comment, well, on the description of the podcast, and then people can go follow them and check them out. Yeah. Um, support local, right? Support local. Support different genres in local. Definitely. Yeah. What do you perceive success to be? Oh, yo. <laughs> but we're doing the fun stuff. <laughs> I had to sneak that in. What do I perceive success to be? I'll give you a very honest answer and say I don't know. I used to know. I used to think that success was about achieving something. And now, and but achieving something meant something that was tangible. Something like I... I you did really well at school and then you went and got a really great job and you're earning lots of money and you have a great house and you have a car and you have a family and blah, blah, blah. I used to associate success with those things. Your career is blown up. People know about you. You have power. Now I'm not sure it's any of those things. Maybe success is just the ability to find peace and joy in every moment. Maybe that's what success is because I don't know that any of us know how to do that because I think we're always looking at the next thing.
Nocebo, it was fantastic seeing you. It's fantastic that you shared so honestly and so openly. Thank so you. thank you for allowing time to record a little bit with you. Thank you. Thank you, Nichelle. This was, this was really fun. And by the way, very proud of you. Aww. I am. Thank you. I told you years ago when you were like, I made this decision. I'm going to chase this. I'm going to just figure out what I want. I'm starting my own business. I'm doing whatever. I was kind of like, remember I told you, I was like, I'm so proud of you. I've always felt like you're a person who needs to go and do something that they can say is theirs. And you're doing it. Yep. You've made your own decisions. Thank you. If um, it means a lot. Thanks, Nosipo. If people want to follow you or your forms, um, point them in the right direction. Um, great. So on social media, on all the platforms that I know about, that I'm willing to be a part of, um, you can find me under Nosipo Dumisa. Um, and then you can also follow most of our work uh, with Gambit Films or Gambit FMA. Depending and on which one you're on. And I'll um, put all the links on the website as well. And yeah. You can see it there and follow and support Yeah, them. and support check local. out our movie, uh, Norma Sieva and Dadek. It's, it's, it's doing pretty well and it's out on box office and DVD now. Fabulous. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. In Chase Gambit is an opening move in which a player makes a sacrifice for the sake of a compensating advantage. Thank you for your time, Nasipo. We wish you and the team at Gambit Films only the best. Check out our website for more inspirational stories. I'm Michelle, and this is the We Create Podcast. Thank you for listening.